1: slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: the washington commanders lost in week 10 29 to 26 to the seattle seahawks how it went down and what we're taking away from it coming up now on this live episode of locked on commanders you are locked on commanders your daily podcast on the washington commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team
0: every day
2: And welcome into this live post-game episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insider program. You get news, inside scoops, texts during games. You get to tell me what you're thinking during games, practices, press conferences. All of it's... Delivered directly to your phone. No sifting through hashtags or timelines or anything else. Just you and me going on one-on-one via text message. Go beyond the show and become an insider. Also get in on our weekly, what's going to become our weekly command huddle exclusive mailbag episode. Bonus episodes dropping on Saturday. All the insiders that uh, responded and, and told me what they thought. They all liked it. Um, so if you didn't like it, you just didn't tell me about it. Join the Locked On Commanders Insider program now. Be in the know all the time. Go to join subtext.com/slash locked on commanders. To sign up, I'm your host David Harrison on Twitter at dHarrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, and again, if you're an insider, I'm pretty much here with you every day uh, as and, and part of the program and part of the Insider program. As always, I appreciate the everydayers for coming through on a consistent basis like you do, even. When it's group therapy time, guys. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On NFL, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. On today's episode, we're going to recover our keys to victory uh, that the Washington Commanders did not do a very good job of securing, which is one reason that they did not come away with the victory. And we will go over three topics to discuss uh, brought to you by the Locked On Commanders Insider Group. But first, how did we get here? Uh, it's 29 to 26. The Washington Commanders fall to the Seattle Seahawks. Washington Commanders are now four and six. The Seattle Seahawks uh, are now six and three. And in the NFC playoff picture, uh, the Washington Commanders fall to ninth place. They were in eighth place. And, uh, you know, living in the land of what if or what could have been, the Washington Commanders could would have still been in eighth place if they beat the Seattle Seahawks. But they would have been in a position uh, to take over the seventh seed you know, relatively soon, whether it be next week against the New York Giants, if the chips all fell, or if they could be competitive against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who just boat raced the New York Giants uh, in week 10. I think that final score, 49 to 17, uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, laid it on the New York Giants. So, you know, look, that's the position the Washington Bears could have been in, you know, five and five back of 500 and not feeling great, but, you know, certainly could have been in a fighting position. Now you're four and six, ninth seed, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers move up to the eighth seed, and now you've got to regain that position from the Buccaneers, which, you know, look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers face the 49ers next week. That's not going to be an easy game uh, for them to try to win the Washington Mayors face the New York Giants. We already know that's not going to be an easy game for the commanders, even though it probably should be because they're going to play down to the New York Giants and it's going to be a nail biter. But if they get that win, uh, then potentially back in seventh and, you know, the, 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 the race is still. Ongoing, but it's hard to really have a lot of confidence that that's going to happen after what happened in week 10 and what has happened at other points throughout the season, right? Looking at the offense, uh, quarterback Sam Howell completed 29 uh, of 44 passes, uh, 312 yards, three touchdowns, a 109.3 quarterback rating. Uh, really outside of yards, he out quarterbacked Geno Smith uh, on the other side of this thing. Brian Robinson, eight carries, led the team. Uh, In carries, which is obviously not enough. 38 yards rushing, 4.8 yard average, 15 was his long for the day. Brian Robinson also led the team in receiving six targets, six catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown, 51 yards was his long of the day. And that was the touchdown. The touchdown opened up the scoring. The Washington Commanders opened up with the lead uh, and had the lead for a good amount of time, uh, at least, but eventually, you know, ended up coming up, obviously coming up short. Sam Howell, second leading rusher on the team, two carries, 17 yards. Eight and a half yards per carry. Of course, he also had the fumble uh, that he lost. What that was that was big for for a certain aspect, but not big because the Seahawks weren't able to get points off of it. Antonio Gibson had four carries, thirteen yards, three point three yards uh, per carry. Uh, also, the second leaning receiver. On the team, this was definitely a running back heavy game, which we kind of expected when we talked about it uh, earlier in the week. Antonio Gibson also got six targets. He came up with five catches, 42 yards total, had a touchdown. 19 yards was his long. The third touchdown pass went to Deami Brown, his first touchdown of the season. Uh, Two catches on the day, 41 yards. Um, And of course, the touchdown was a 35 yarder. Uh, That was his long of the day outside of those guys. Uh, you know Logan Thomas was the next leading receiver, five ca- five catches for forty yards, and then you get to Terry McLaurin, your fifth uh, leading receiver of the day, four catches, thirty three yards. Uh, Jahan Dotson, goose eggs, two targets, no catches, no yards, uh, so not continuing the uh, the impressive days that he's had the last couple of weeks. Certainly not on pace anymore. Uh, if you remember our conversation this last week about Jahan specifically, was on pace if he continued his last couple of weeks' production. To still eclipse a thousand yard mark, certainly not on pace to do that anymore. Um, what did I like from the offense? Uh, I think you know you have to come away liking Sam Howell for most of what he did. Uh, did end up gets, getting sacked three times uh, total. I think actually two, two, no three times total uh, by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but you know for the most part, decisions were good. There was one kind of risky throw, but it was kind of you know games on the line. You got to make a play. You can't just you know sit back there and be super conservative. Uh, so you don't necessarily hate that. Obviously, I love the performance by Brian Robinson. We'll talk about that here a little bit more. Um, and, you know, those are some really good things from from the Washington Commanders' offense. The offensive line continues to look like a better unit than the one that we saw previous to Tyler Larson and and Chris Paul being uh, inserted into the starting lineup. And I'm going to be honest with you, we're kind of premature on this, but even when Sadiq Charles comes back from his injury, I think Chris Paul is your starting left guard. I don't think Sadiq Charles is getting back in that lineup. I could be wrong. We'll see what the staff decides to do, uh, but that is the vibe that I get. And I know I'm not necessarily alone on that. So that's why I liked from the offense. What didn't I like from the offense? Uh, I mean, stop me if you're hurting this before, but not enough B Rob, right? Uh, the, the, too many times they kind of went away from Brian Robinson, went away from the run game uh, and just, just try to push the ball down the field. And I get, you want to push the ball down the field, but you know, the old adage, just take what the defense is giving you. And if the defense is not willing to give you the deep stuff, which Seattle Seahawks, you know, just from the television broadcast looked very determined to not give up the deep stuff to a receiver. Uh, take the underneath. Take the take the swings. Take the swing passes. Take the flats. Take the draws. Take take whatever you need to get uh, just to get some yards and and to move the ball forward. Didn't love all the running on first down. You know, I don't I didn't count all the first downs yet, so I'm not going to say it was the majority of first downs. But I know there were a solid amount of first downs, and the Seahawks certainly came out looking uh, looking stacked to to stack up against uh, the Washington Commanders' rushing attack on first downs. And we'll get a little bit more into what I didn't like about the rushing attack when we get to our keys to the game. Because if you remember our keys to the game. Uh, you probably know where I'm going to go with that defensively. Uh, quarterback Geno Smith completed 31 of his 41, 47 passes, 369 yards on the day, two touchdowns, no interception, had a 103.9 QBR, which is very good, but still not as good as Sam Howell's, 109.3, right? Uh, Kenneth Walker III, K-9, they call him because he wears jersey number nine. His name is Kenneth. Uh, he's so okay, k Nine makes sense. 19 carries. That'd be nice. Uh, 63 yards on the ground, 3.3 yards per carry, but he also added one catch for 64 yards. Uh, giving him 127 yards total offense and a touchdown. Uh, DK Metcalf led the way, receiving seven catches on 12 targets, 98 yards. Tyler Lockett, eight catches on 10 targets, 92 yards and a touchdown. Jackson Smith and Jigba, decent day, not a, not a great day, but four car- or four catches, 53 yards. And Zach Charbonnet, some really tough running, uh, especially down the stretch, six carries, 44 yards, averaging 7.3 yards on the day. What did I like from the Washington Commanders defense? Well, at certain times I liked some of the aggression that they finally showed up front, getting a little bit of pressure on uh, Geno Smith. You know, if you you can't get pressure with your organic pass rush, you got to manufacture it. That's what your defense coordinator uh, is there for, is to figure out ways to manufacture a pass rush. And they started doing that, you know, at certain spots in the game. wasn't consistent enough necessarily uh, in my book, but, you know, it did show up at times. It showed up at times last week. I mentioned that against the New England Patriots, and hopefully it's going to be something that we continue to see, but we'll have to see uh, moving forward what Jack Del Rio decides to do with his defense um what i didn't like well there's a lot to not like but mainly the explosive plays and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute coming up on today's episode of locked on commanders part of locked on podcast network your team every day this episode of locked on commanders is brought to you by game time who says that you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, because GameTime is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, and GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy it, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive, and they offer all-in prices to show your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees right now. You can get tickets to the commanders versus New York giants contest next Sunday at FedEx field for as low as $68 a piece before the discount Buy tickets in seconds with two taps game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's a place to find last minute seats and the game time guarantees means you'll always be getting the best price. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create your account and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by
1: Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is, until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients.
2: Thanks again for being a Locked On. Commanders, your first listener, your first view today and every day. Every day, again, appreciate you coming through on a regular basis like you do. Locked On is kicking up our coverage this football season. Locked on NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going live on every Locked On YouTube channel with three hosts that are going to break down uh, most games of your schedule, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Uh, I don't think they recommended playing Sam Howell in your fantasy league, but he is the sixth highest scoring fantasy player uh in on yahoo football anyway and uh was was very successful in fantasy land uh in week 10 as well so i'll just go ahead and add that in for them get in-depth local analysis from our stable of nfl hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else Find locked on nfl kickoff live every friday at 2 p.m eastern or on any locked on nfl youtube channel real quick we're gonna hit the live chat before we move into our second segment david stevens mentioning uh, he's frustrated with how the Washington Commanders play. Just wish they could have locked it down a little bit better in the back end. And uh, Prince coming through saying that Seattle has always been a tough team for Washington to play. And unfortunately, was there in January of 08 to watch the playoff elimination. Um, look, you know, right now, every team is a tough team for this team to play. And that's part of the biggest problem uh, that this team has that we're going to get into here later on in our topics of conversation. But right now, we got to go through our keys to victory and, and talk about whether or not they did uh, achieve these keys again. The way this kind of works is I lay out three keys, the Washington Commanders go get those three keys, they get to unlock a victory. I'm pretty much guaranteeing you that the Washington Commanders do these three things, and I don't feel like they're super ridiculous things to do. They will get these wins. If they don't, for every key they don't succeed at getting, uh, they are one step closer to not winning the football game. Key number one coming into this weekend was run Brian Robinson from Friday. I told you three times this season, Brian Robinson has had over 15 carries. Washington won all three of those games, and all three of those games had different game flows, different scenarios, different contextual different contextual factors into Brian Robbins getting those 15 games, or 15 touches, so these weren't games that the Commanders were running away with and just bleeding the clock, and that's why B-Rob got the 15 touches. They were all different. They were all successful. The Seahawks' run defense has proven vulnerable, especially to one side of the line, if you remember me talking about that. Here's the breakdown. In the first quarter, Brian Robbins got two carries, uh, two, two yards. One catch was the 51 yard touchdown. Uh, of course, you love to see that second quarter, two targets, one run, Uh, third quarter, two targets, two runs, fourth quarter, three runs, one target uh, for a total of eight carries, six targets, six catches, 14 total touches, 157 yards, 11.2 yards per touch, very high per yards per touch average. Um, so did they secure the key? Uh, not really. No, they, they quite honestly did not secure that key. And here's the thing. When you look at what Brian Robinson was doing, it, it gets even more frustrating that whether it's Eric B whether it's Sam Howell checking out of things or into things, or it's the analytics guys in somebody's ear because we talked about that. Uh, actually, I think I talked to that about the insiders on the insider mailbag episode. You know, we, we talked about the, the analytics role. Uh, of this team and the analytics staff, they have a game day role to say, this is what's working, this is what's not working. It doesn't make sense to have those people there if you're not going to pay attention to what the analytics are telling you. What the analytics told the Washington Commanders, they had to tell the Washington Commanders, because it's right there in black and white, is that Brian Robinson running to the left side could have been successful coming into the game. By the time they actually used it, it was almost too late, but even when they did finally use it, they used it with success, and then they kind of went away from it. Uh, anyway, again, we're going to talk about that more later on in our topics of conversation. But bottom line is the first key run Brian Robinson. Uh, no, they did not succeed in doing that, even if you count the catches, because again, you know, some coaches and, and Ron has kind of talked about this. Can, the short passing game can be looked at as an extension of the run. And I get all that. But, you know, there's 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 no replacing a solid run game as well like the short pass you still allow defenses to drop in to drop into pass coverage you still allow defenses to pin their ears back with their pass rushers and get home or try to get home you don't force them to understand that there could be somebody running past them as they're trying to rush the quarterback you don't uh, make them take their foot off the throttle just a little bit that is the value of the run game outside of the short pass being an extension of the run game, it's again, it's an extension of it's not replacing it. So, if you got a two foot, you know, if you look at it as like an extension of a tree branch, if you got a two foot branch, you put a five foot extension on it, it's seven feet. But if you got a seven foot branch and a five foot extension, well, now it's longer, now it's stronger, now it's better. Same thing goes with the run game, it can be an extension of the run game, fine, but it doesn't replace the run game. And too many times this season, we see Eric Bianmi, Sam Howe, whoever it is, uh, the Washington Commanders turn the short pass game into a substitute, not an extension of the run game. So, no, the Washington Commanders did not secure that key. Even if you want to count the short targets as extensions, uh, B-Rob gets 14 touches. So, we talked about 15 touches. No, they did not secure key number one. So, key number one, not secure. Key number two, hold Seattle to three or fewer explosive uh, plays. From Friday, in two of Seattle's three losses this season, they completed no more than three uh, explosive plays in those games and are three and one when they get three or more than three. The Seattle Seahawks are three and one this season when they get four or more explosive plays against a defense. Well, this team got four explosive plays in the first half against the Washington Commanders' defense. And this is something that, you know, we spoke to Jack Del Rio about earlier in the week. Uh, The first explosive play came in the first quarter. It was a third and six at the Seattle 39, a 20-yard pass and run, uh, pass, catch, and run. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to the Washington 41. That's a field goal drive. Uh, The second one came in the second quarter, third and four at the Seattle 37, a 13-yard scramble by by Geno Smith to the 50-yard line. Same drive, second quarter, second and three now, Washington 43, Kenneth Walker, the third, runs for 13 yards to the Washington 30. That's another field goal drive. Fourth quarter, uh, a run by Zach Charbonnet of 12 yards to the Washington 33 on second and four. Now that ends in a field, the, the Seattle Seahawks end in field goal range, but at halftime because of their own mistakes. So the Seattle Seahawks essentially give the commanders back that explosive. Those are the four first half explosives. Uh, fifth one, third quarter, first and 10, Seattle 36, a pass to Kenneth Walker, the third for a 64-yard touchdown. Obviously. Uh, the most explosive of all of all the explosive Sixth one, the fumble by Sam Howell recovered by Seattle at their own 48. So Washington commanders, you're about to have a first down. You're about to be in Seattle territory, but you give the ball away. That one actually ends in a punt. Seventh one, fourth quarter, first and 10 at the Seattle 36, a 20 yard pass to Tyler Lockett uh, that ends up at the Washington 44. That results in a touchdown drive. And the final one, fourth quarter, second and 10 the Seattle 48, a pass to DK Metcalf for 27 yards that helps set up the game winning field goal, eight explosive plays, Surrendered by the Washington Commanders, seven of them on defense, seven of those explosive plays, they came on six drives. Those six drives, where those seven explosive plays survived or lived, produced 22 points for the Seattle Seahawks. That is the importance of explosive plays for or against a team. The Washington Commanders gave up not just more than three. They gave up more than twice the minimum that they were allowed to give up in this game to try to win. Uh, and still the offense, honestly, still gave them opportunity to win at the end. But they gave up another explosive drive, another explosive play in the final drive of the game to set up the Seattle Seahawks for a game winning field goal. I mean, it's you know, the, the the dots are not that hard to connect. So obviously, no, they did not secure that key. That's two of the three keys that they did not secure. Key number three, sack Geno Smith four times uh, or more. And I knew this was going to be kind of the most difficult one. Uh, to, to really attain because of what the, the, the Washington Commanders have not been doing in the sack department uh, this season, especially the last couple of weeks. Seattle coming into the game, Seattle's three and four since Geno Smith joined the team when he sacked four more times, six and nine all time. Geno Smith is as a quarterback when he sacked four more times and two of the team's three losses this season came in games where Geno Smith was sacked at least four times. First, uh, first sack of the game, only sack of the game came in third quarter. Jonathan Allen, it was a zero-yard sack, so not super sexy, but it was on a third and four, so it's it's a, it's a drive killer. Um, didn't dial up pressure really at all till the second half. Like I mentioned, I liked the pressure when it did get dialed up, but it didn't get dialed up uh, soon enough. 217 yards Geno Smith got in the second half passing, had 152 in the first yard, so that shows you in the second half, Geno Smith much more comfortable getting those hits, getting those pressures, getting those sacks on the quarterback. That's how you keep a guy uncomfortable. So not only did they not secure the third key in this game, They did not secure any keys in this game yet. Again, Sam Howell and this offense actually had the Washington Commanders in position to potentially win this game, despite the fact that they didn't do any of the things that we outlined that they needed to do, could do, should do against the Seattle Seahawks. Three topics of conversation. My insiders had a lot to talk about after this game. I took three of those topics. We're going to talk about them here to wrap up this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This group therapy episode of locked on commanders brought to you by FanDuel score this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book right now. New customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bets. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, we've got one game left to kick off this week and that's Monday night football featuring the Denver Broncos visiting the Buffalo bills where the bills are seven point favorites. So if you think the bills are going to pull that off, hit that money line uh, money line bet with $5. And if they do, You will win $150 if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than now. The app is incredibly easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more, including those money line bets. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your winning going this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the
0: National Football League. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes –
2: Wrap it up today's episode with three topics of conversation to go over after the Washington Commanders' latest loss, a 29-26 to 26 loss at the hands of Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, a couple of things. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's look through, go through the live chat. Shane, uh, even though you kind of censored it, brother, I, I can't put it up here, but why does the defense play so much better when we're losing uh, but messes things up? I'll say it that way when we're ahead. Uh, there's a mental aspect of the game that this team hasn't grasped. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've kind of alluded to it uh, previously in other episodes. This defense has no teeth, you know what I mean? And honestly, the offense doesn't have a lot of teeth either. And, and you know, you, you hear the the analogies of all bark, no bite and all that stuff. That's kind of what I'm talking about, you know what I mean? And, and and you know, look, I mean, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say the pass rush got better without Chase Young and Montez, but that's certainly not true. But I will say that when Chase and Montez were here, um, even even with the sacks that they were helping produce, which is more than than what anybody's produced since they left, uh, there's still this defense still lack teeth. Like this defense doesn't scare anybody. You know what I mean? There's nothing about this defense that you go into a matchup if you're the opposing team and say, "Man, that scares me." Now you know that Jonathan Allen, DeRon Payne are good players and 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 potentially you know above average, you know upper echelon defensive tackles, but they don't scare you because the bottom line is you can avoid them. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're if you're driving to the store and there's one road where you like, you may not make it alive if you go down that road, but there's 20 other roads to go down that road doesn't scare you. Cause you just look at it and say, okay, I just won't go down that road. It's no big deal. That's exactly what teams are doing with Deron Payne and John Allen, because as long as you avoid them, uh, they can't, they can't hurt you. Right. So, you know, that's 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 another one. Justin drop a question about the defense. We're gonna talk about that here. Uh just a in, in just a second. Yeah, Jack Del Rio, um, same thing. Uh Deborah says they had they had the game and the defense had to step up and not let them get yards away uh for them to get that field goal. Yeah, I mean, again, you look at all the explosives, right? The defense gave up seven explosives, they gave up six before that final drive, but still, because of what the offense was able to do, if you don't give up that explosive on that final drive. You may get this thing to overtime. You get this thing to overtime and you get the commanders the ball. I mean, Sam Howell you know, orchestrated, what, two touchdown drives? Or, yeah, the last two drives of the game for the Washington Commanders' offense were both touchdown drives. If you get this thing to overtime and Sam Howell and Eric B.M. to get the ball back, I mean, I'm not saying they do, but they certainly could. Put together a, a touchdown drive all right so good stuff in the live chat i appreciate all of you for coming through even if you're not here live i appreciate you for coming through when you do uh of course but let's get to three topics of conversations my insiders every after every game i ask them i need three topics of conversation for the end of the show drop them drop drop your nominations to me and we will talk about those um i love this so much because i actually had three insiders hit me up in the very beginning of the game saying for the post game show one of the topics of conversation i would like did the Emmanuel Forbes hit warrant an ejection? And I'm really glad that you guys, those of you who nominated that did as early as you did. I went and actually plugged it in during the game. I said, you know what? We're going to do that because by now, a lot of people have already forgotten about that. And it's not something that we would have talked about. Uh, otherwise, here's what I'm going to say about it. I don't believe that it did. Right. I think that hits that should warrant. This is professional. Right? In college, I get it. Like crown of the head, head to head contact, all this stuff like boom. No, no, you know, no, no, no. Uh, what is it? No, no. Uh, no exceptions. That's not the rule. Zero tolerance, right? Zero tolerance. I get it. In the professional realm, though, I think you got to be a little bit more case by case, and and that open that's dangerous because it opens the door to subject, subjection uh, and all that stuff. But the bottom line is, I look at the Emmanuel Forbes hit, and I don't see any malice. I don't see any ill intent there. Right? I see a guy trying to make a play. Comes in too high. Could he have avoided it? Absolutely. Should he have avoided it? Absolutely. But I don't think there's any menace to it. You look at the Kareem Jackson hit in Week Two against, against Logan Thomas. That dude came in trying to do damage. Like that was his intent. You know, what I mean, I'm not gonna go as far as to say, like he wanted to knock Logan Thomas out of the game, but he basically said, "How can I hit this dude the worst to make the biggest play and to make and to damage him the most in the play?" Emmanuel Forbes is trying to make a play. He's just a young kid trying to make a play. Um, the reason I think they kicked him out is because he did have time to pull up and he didn't. He did have time to go lower and he didn't. He did have time to change direction, and he didn't. I think that's why the NFL kicked him out. I will say this though. If the NFL and, and I've noticed as I had a conversation with a couple of, of uh, insiders throughout the game um, because, you know, we, we had a disagreement and they want to talk about it. So we talked about it. If the NFL is going to legislate these types of hits this way across the board, then I'm actually OK with it. You know what I mean? Because if you have the opportunity to change your trajectory, you need to change your trajectory trajectory. Now. You know, again, it's like the catch, no catch, right? We'll see how far this goes. That's going to be the big, you know, deciding factor on whether I continue to like this type of of growth. But I will say this I had one insider who was like, bro, like week two was terrible. They didn't kick Kareem Jackson. Now, all of a sudden, week 10, they're kicking out Emmanuel Forbes. I will tell you that from week two to week 10, and Dean Blandino said this on broadcast as well, the NFL has been doing this. The NFL has been adjusting and saying, you know what? We're not going to wait till the offseason to add new rules. We're just going to do it in season now, and I think that's very important because of what you're talking about dealing with here. So this is actually in line with some other objections I've seen in other games. So I know that doesn't make it better or necessarily make it better because it hurts when it happens to your own team that you're rooting for, but I will say that this is in line with what the NFL has been doing. This is not Washington only. This is not an anomaly. This is something that I've been seeing. Um, And honestly, I, I I am actually in support of it um these guys have lives to live after the games and as much as i want to be entertained uh you know i i I see the human side of them and i want them to have uh those possibilities so good topic of conversation we're not all going to agree on it but that's my two cents on that second topic conversation why is eric bianney not running the ball more and that is something that we kind of talked about a little bit already the short pass being an extension of the run look i'm not buying it's got to be an extension of the run the run's got to be there in order for an extension to be there when it's replacing the run that's not good and that is exactly what we're seeing too much from this washington commander's offense This season is a short pass replacing the run, not being an extension of it. Uh, Brian Robinson, I told you in the pregame, right? I'm not not an NFL scout, not an offensive coordinator, not a quality control coach. But here's what I saw when I looked at the Seattle Seahawks. They are vulnerable if you run the ball, especially with a dude like Brian Robinson, to your left side. Left tackle, off left tackle, left end. Run the ball to the left side. Brian Robinson ran the ball to the left side three times in Week 10. He gained 15 yards the first time. He gained 12 yards the second time. He gained one yard. The third time it's a very small sample size What that. Those numbers tell you what the analytics are going to tell you is 66% of the time, Brian Robinson runs to the left side. He gets an explosive play. Those are what you want. It took till the fourth quarter for the Washington commanders to test the left side of that offensive line, right side of the defense. I don't know why it's inexplicable to me, um, but it happened. Uh, why is Eric Bambi not running the ball more? I really think it's that they, they think these short passes are extensions of the run play a run game. And I think it's gotten to the point where they're not extensions. They're literally replacing the run game with these short passes. That's why I think they're not running the ball more. And until they realize that it's not going to change except for a, a one-off, right? The new England Patriots B. Rapids 18 carries. It's a one-off at this point, And it's not enough. It's just, it's just not enough. Third topic of conversation. Um, and I got, I got this a lot from, from different people. I mean, I see it in the chat uh, as well. I see it in the live chat just as much. Um, is enough is this enough enough is this is enough enough finally with the defense is this enough for jack del rio is it enough for the defense i gonna be honest with you guys it is it's 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 enough like like it's it's over you know what i mean like i hate to say that uh mid-november but it's not getting better and you got a defensive coordinator that's got a ton of experience um and you got a head coach that's a defensive coach there is no reason this team's weakness should be defense like if your head coach, like you talk about identity, if your head coach is a defensive coach, you're supposed to live on your defense. Unless you have a head coach as defensive coach, but he comes in and he like becomes like this offensive guru. You know what I'm saying? That kind of happened. That's why. That's why. Honestly, some people like special teams coaches, like John Harbaugh, in, uh with the Baltimore Ravens, um, he's a special teams guy, so he doesn't really have one side or the other. You know, identity. So you can kind of see the Ravens lean on their defense, but they try to bulk up the offense. But they they kind of lean on whatever they need to lean on. Uh, from a week to week basis, even though they lost this week to the Cleveland Browns. Um, this, this defense is not moving forward. This defense is moving backwards. You know what I mean? And this defense has had way too many first round picks dedicated to it, second round picks dedicated to it, uh, money dedicated to it. Like there have been so many more resources poured into this defense compared to this offense that the fact that this offense has to put up at least 25 points a game to have a chance at winning, and they're still not winning because your defense is faltering. Think about this. Even without Chase Young and Montez Sweat, this defense has four first-rounders on it. Four first-rounders. And that's after you traded two of them away. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um for that unit to be the weakness of this team. So, yes, enough is enough. Um, I don't think Jack Del Rio is getting fired tomorrow. I I don't think it's going to happen. And honestly, even if he did, it's not going to get better. So when I say enough is enough enough, it means that this offseason, there's got to be changes. There has to absolutely be changes. And I've been this way before with other coaches where I've said, I'm not necessarily calling for a man's job because I'm not there to evaluate his job standing. But what I will tell you is that this needs to be changed. And so whether it's Jack Del Rio changing the way he uses these pieces or the person who uses these pieces changing, something has got to change and it's got to start changing against the newer Giants. Like it's already kind of changed a little bit. Jack has been getting a little bit more aggressive the last couple of weeks. Fine. It's got to get better. It, it just you just have to find a way to make it happen, man. You, you can't, you know, uh, one 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 insider said. This coaching staff says too much, like consistency, consistency, consistency. We just need to get consistent. We just need to get consistent. We just need to get consistent. Four years, the only thing that's been consistent about this defense is the coaching staff saying it needs to get consistent. That's not enough anymore. You know what I'm saying? So yes, enough is enough with the defense. I'm not calling for Jack Del Rio's job because I don't think it's going to make it better anyway. The only guy that knows this defense as well as anybody else to run it is Jack Del Rio. Like at the end, like honestly, it's it's kind of weird that way. Like the best, the guy who has the best chance of making this better is the guy who has already shown that so far he's not making it better. And I get that, you know what I mean? But um, now once we get to the off season, that might be a different conversation, but for right now, that's where I'm going to stand on that coming up tomorrow. uh, We've got our AAR episode. We're going to dive even deeper into this. I'm going to do some film study. I'm going to break open some 22 here in the next 12 to 18 hours. And I will come back to you with a little bit of what was supposed to happen, what did happen, uh, what I liked, what I didn't like and where we go from here. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, so them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter or text me directly as a lock insider at joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day, every dayers, as always, I greatly appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.